Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. This week's episode is such a treat, and I'm so excited that you're here listening to it. This story is going to blow you away and crack your heart wide open. So on this week's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Amy Natalie, for a deeply honest conversation about surrendering to your truth, no matter the cost. And I know there were so many people that really resonated and loved the episode about the true cost of alignment, one of our recent episodes. And this conversation is kind of expanding on that, piggybacking off of that, and just sharing more stories of incredible ways that women have felt the call to something bigger or greater in their life and have not shied away from the consequences of that and have been able to move through the fear and discomfort that comes up as you start to pursue your truth or stand in the truth of what you know that you want, desire, deserve, and need. So in this conversation, Amy and I talk about the feeling of being uncertain in relationships and wondering if this person is right for you, if they're the one and what that looks like for her specifically. We talk about the pain of realizing that things that you thought that you wanted are actually starting to feel like they're no longer aligned. We talk about surrendering and honoring your truth, even when you know that it might hurt you, might be hard for you, or it might hurt the people around you or people that you love. Um, Amy shares the story of how and why she knew that she needed to leave her marriage and what that was like. We also talk about physical health symptoms as a result of misalignment and stored emotions, which I know so many of us women can relate to. I think a lot of our symptoms are results of misalignment in our life or stored emotions from trauma or experiences that we've moved through that we haven't fully felt in order to heal it and why feminine energy is considered life force energy and how to access your feminine frequency in an authentic way. And this is really Amy's zone of genius. She's an empowerment coach and a feminine embodiment guide with almost a decade of coaching experience. She specializes in helping women to emerge as the most authentic, confident, and successful versions of themselves. Her mission is to reconnect women with their feminine energy and empower them to follow their soul calling. Amy is also the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, which has over 300,000 downloads, 225 episodes, and reaches women from all over the globe. I know you guys are going to love this episode. Right before we dive in, I want to give you one reminder, which is that we have our free abundance activation workshop happening this upcoming Monday, 8-8, August 8th. We have the free abundance activation workshop happening. It's accessible to anybody. It's totally free. So you can click the link in the show notes or the link in my bio on Instagram to sign up and save your seat. We will be joining over Zoom. And if you can't come live, we will email you the recording. So you'll want to be there. We are going to sit in community and call in the collective energy of the Lionsgate portal. It's said to be the most powerful manifestation day of the year. I'm going to guide you through an abundance activation. We're going to talk about wealth frequency and it's just going to be a really really good time and an amazing way to spend the lion's gate if you know that you want to tap into the energy that's available on that day what a great way to do it especially in community so I hope I see you guys there 
And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Amy Natalie. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. Welcome to the show, Amy. I'm so excited that we get to do this. Finally, we've been talking about recording this episode for a long time. And I wish that we were in person because we're so close together. <laughs> like I know physically. it's kind of funny that we're not, <laughs> I know I'm like, this is hilarious that we're like doing this over zoom and we're like kind of live in the same place. So, um, Amy lives in Asheville, which my parents live about 30, 35 minutes outside. So I could have driven into Asheville, but with schedules and everything, like we're here, we're on Zoom, we're doing the thing. I'm so excited to share you with my audience and just invite them in to get to know more of you because this year we went on retreat together and that was the first time we were able to actually meet in person and we stayed together in a little like, uh, well, it wasn't really little, (laughs) it was, it was, it was epic. It was really big and it was really big and beautiful. Um, yeah, we stayed in this epic place before the retreat. And then we also hung out after the retreat and we were on the queendom retreat together. So for everybody listening, you guys probably know that I was in the queendom mastermind with Mel Wells in 2021. Amy was in the mastermind in 2022 and our journeys kind of coincided on the retreat this year in Mexico. And it was so much fun to deepen our relationship and get to spend more in-person time together and get to know you more. And we had so many good conversations and I love, you know, the work that you're doing in the world and just hearing about your process of writing this book and everything that you're creating was, it was it was like such an honor. So I want to share that with everybody here listening to the show. So I'm excited to chat to you. Amy is like the feminine frequency queen. If you guys don't know Amy or follow her yet, you'll want to go give her a follow, but we're going to chat all about feminine energy and we're going to do the, do it through the lens of storytelling and just sharing some pieces of Amy's story. And, you know, I'll chime in where I can and, and share some things, but I'm so excited for everybody to hear your perspective on this and the events and things that have unfolded in your life that have led you down this path of really being so passionate about this work and, you know, not only creating a whole business around it, getting a tattoo about it while we were in Mexico and also writing a fucking book about it. So it's obviously so important. Mm, Yeah. Thanks for having me here. And it's been such a journey. And I've really enjoyed how our paths have crossed and kind of deepened in time. I had you on the podcast last year and we had only met feels like forever ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it feels like a long time ago and we had only met online and I had asked you about the mastermind and then, 
you know, Sam told me that you were going to be going to the retreat and then we got the opportunity to meet in person. And it's been really fun to see your journey manifesting your life, moving back to the States and manifesting, you know, so many beautiful things in your life and just feel so inspired by how you show up in business and as a feminine leader, because I think, you know, right now, in, in the world, we need more feminine leadership. We need heart-centered leadership. And especially in the business space, I think that that's so important too, that uh, people are working with coaches who have, you know, deep core values of making an impact in the world. So I'm grateful to be here and share this space and to connect with your incredible community that you have attracted. Mm, yes. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear this. So I had mentioned to you, cause we, in, in Tulum, we, well, we went out to dinner like every night, but we, <laughs> what was the name of the, what was the name of the place? There's something about a banana. Oh, um, that restaurant is called shoot. Um, I've been there Something so many the times banana. and it's so good. It is. <laughs> it's so good. It has the word banana and it's on the beach road in, in Tulum. I bet you if we don't think about it, it's going to come back to me. It'll, it'll come up. It'll come up. Anyway, I remember we went to dinner at this place and we had like the best conversation that night because you were telling us all these stories of your life which like for me kind of feels like there's a clear before and after in your life of who you were before that happened. And then who you became as a result of that. And I like, so we were out to dinner. It was you, <laughs> me, Annalie and Sam for everybody listening, Sam Altieri, you guys know her. She's on the podcast a lot. Um, and we were just, I don't know if you remember this, but like all three of us were just fucking enthralled. <laughs> we were you like, guys were like literally like falling off the edge of your chair. You guys like couldn't move. One of you had to go pee and you were like, I don't want to leave. I think it was you. You're like, shit, I have to pee, but I don't want to. Cause I like want to hear this story. <laughs> oh my God. I know. So we're all sitting there on the edge of our seats, like just staring at Amy as she's like telling us these stories of, of her life before she was this version of herself. and. It was so good because there's such a, such a clear contrast of who you once were and then who you became and really powerful messages in there of how challenging it is sometimes to really honor what you know and to tune into your intuition and let that be right and let it be okay. Even when it makes no sense to everybody else in your life. And even when it's painful for everybody else and also painful for you. So it's kind of, you know, I've done an episode recently on the podcast. It's called the true cost of alignment. And it was about really, you know, when you go on this journey of getting into deep alignment with your soul and your higher knowing how there are consequences and we have to be available for them. And sometimes it means people leave our lives and relationships fall away. And I know that was a huge part of the journey for you. So I wanted to give everyone the gift of that enthralling storytelling experience <laughs> where we recount the journey of you realizing that you were in a marriage that was completely unaligned for, it was just, it wasn't fulfilling to you. It wasn't making you happy. It wasn't where you needed to be and what it was like getting out of that. Mm. Yeah. I love sharing this story. And every time I share it, it helps me to feel even more, yeah, like proud of myself and also 
just to reflect on the journey that I've been on. And, and I love storytelling because I think that, you know, whether someone has, is in a similar place to where I was, or maybe you have a similar experience that you can see yourself in my story. And we've all kind of hit these, these turning points, these rock bottoms, these challenging moments, and the lessons are often the same. So I'll kind of take you back to who I was and, and where I was in my life before I, I started down the path of, of the work that I do today. And I was living in San Diego, uh, and that's where my family lives. And I had just moved back from, from living in Berkeley where I studied to become a nutritionist and, I moved back and I was like, I really want to start my business. I I know I want to do something I'm passionate about. I have all these certifications. And when I moved back, I didn't really know that many people there. And I was kind of in a place, I was 23. And I, I, within a few weeks of moving back, I met someone that I started dating and at the time I really didn't, I would say like, I hadn't gone through any spiritual awakening yet. I didn't really know who I was. I was kind of trying to figure out who I was, you know, our twenties are a time where we're all just trying to figure it out. We're like, who am I? How does this whole like adult thing work? What do I want to do with my life? Like, where am I at? And so that's kind of where I was at. And, and leading up to that, I had been on a journey with my mental health. I had struggled with depression probably since I was in high school and anxiety and a lot of negative self-talk. So I was thinking about starting my business, starting to head in that direction. And I, I fell into this relationship that was really the first relationship, the first man who showed up and was like, I know what I want. And I, I know that I want to have a family. I know that I want kids. I know that I want to be in this relationship prior to this. I had dated men who were like emotionally unavailable or like, I don't know, he took me out on great dates and really was engaged. And we had a really similar family background. And I think this part of the story is really important because, um, you know, I grew up in a, a Jewish household and my parents are from South Africa. So it's a very specific culture. And as part of that culture, there was a spoken and unspoken expectation that I was going to marry someone who was Jewish. And that showed up earlier in my life where I had dated men who weren't Jewish. And it was a big problem for my parents. It was like a, this is not okay. Like you're not following the rules. Like we don't do this. This is not part of our tradition. Like you need to figure this out. And so I'd always had that, that tension with my parents. And then when I met my ex-husband, uh, when we started dating, he was all the things that you know, my parents wanted for me. And for the first time in my life, I really felt like my parents accepted my partner. And I, it felt like almost I was, I was loved in, in a different way or supported in a different way. And I think we all really crave that from our parents. We crave that approval, that acceptance. And so at this point, I'm like starting my business, we're dating and, and we had a really great friendship, a really great dynamic. I became very close with this family very quickly. Both of our families became close together. So now we've got like this whole community around us. And 
I meet all his friends and all of this. And so we started moving in the direction of, of long-term partnership and talking about getting married and all of his friends are getting married. He was about six years older than me. So kind of for some context, this is what was happening in our social circle. And I thought that it's what I wanted. It was kind of one of those things where I think subconsciously it was just like, oh, this is what you do to get to the next step in your life. This is the right next step. Similar Mm -hmm. to after college for some people, it's like, oh, my right next step is I get a good job, right? That's what I've been taught. That's what I've been told I need to do. So I just do that. And for the first two years of, of dating and of, of being together, I thought that's what I wanted. I thought I wanted to get married and have kids and spend the rest of my life with this person. However, along the way, even very early on, there were subtle like hints, little, little feelings that I would have that I was like, I don't really know if this relationship is right for me. Like he's really nice. We have a lot in common. Like we have, you know, a lot of similarities, but like, am I really feeling that, that deep connection? So that's kind of the, the beginning part of the journey. I don't know if you have any questions or anything like that you want to dive deeper into before we move on. I'm like, again, once again, just on the edge of my seat, like waiting for the next, <laughs> the next okay, thing that sweet. happens, but going. I love this. I, I love it so much. So you're in this, you're in this relationship. You're deep in it. Now you're thinking, you know, marriage is the next step for us. There's that part. I think everybody can relate to that too, of having done things in their life that they truly felt at the time was what they wanted. And then in retrospect, kind of looking back and realizing maybe I didn't really know what I wanted. And because I didn't know what I wanted, what everybody else wanted for me became what I, I, you know, I assume I assumed that and I put that on myself and I was like, oh, well, that's what I want. You know, Mm -hmm. like that happens to a lot of people with jobs and things like that. They're like, I thought that I wanted this career path and this, you know, recognition or whatever it is. And then, you know, they get so far into it and they're like, wait, like, I don't actually know if I ever wanted this. Like, where did that come from in my head of feeling like I wanted this? I I think that wasn't even mine. I think that didn't even belong to me. So I love that, that you mentioned that. Um, but yes, let's keep going. So you're, you're almost to the point of like the engagement. (laughs) Yeah. And we were talking about getting married and I was like, yeah, this is what I want. And even to the point where I was like, wait, why isn't he asking me to get married yet? Like, why hasn't he proposed? Like, that's where I was at. And we would go to other people's weddings and other people's, like, I remember being at like a bridal shower and we'd have all these family friends there and people would literally come up to me and be like, you're next, you're next. And like, it was all very well-meaning, like no one had poor intentions, but it's just this like cultural thing where it's like, oh, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? When are you going to get to the next step? Like just people being in your business and, and um, maybe projecting what they want for you because they think it's what, what you want, or they think that that's Mm -hmm. like what would make you happy. Right. Or the version of success that we think it's going to be. So all of that is happening. And at the same time, like I mentioned before, I was still struggling with my own mental health. I was waking up with anxiety. I was really unsure. Like I was running my business, but I had so much self-doubt and I had was constantly comparing myself to other people. And I was frustrated that my business wasn't growing as fast as I wanted it to, and had all this like 
negative self-talk around my body and I was really unhappy. And so even though, and at this point we, we even bought a house before we got married. So we were like, we got engaged and I'll tell a little bit more about that, but like we ended up buying a house. So we have this beautiful house. I have this relationship with this kind, caring man who wants to marry me. We've got my family support. I have my own business. Like everything seems like it's lining up, but I'm waking up feeling anxious and feeling depressed throughout my day. Like something's off. And I kept blaming it on myself. I was like, oh, well, you know, what's wrong with me that I can't be happy. I have all these things. Like I should just be grateful. Why can't I just be grateful? And I'm in therapy. I start kind of exploring the path of yoga, become a yoga teacher. And during my yoga teacher training, I start to get some insights and I'm meditating and I'm starting to feel like, oh yeah, like there's something off here. This doesn't fully feel right, but I'm so deep in and I'm so invested in this. And there are so many things that are amazing, like truly amazing that I am grateful for. And like, but something doesn't feel right. And so that went on for three years and was this, this inner battle of, okay, something doesn't feel right. And, and ultimately what I was desiring was this deeper connection, deeper intimacy, both emotionally and physically. Like that's what I really, really wanted. Um, and at the time I didn't really know that because I didn't know myself. Like I'm just a really deep, person. And I really love deep conversations and deep connection. I'm also a very sensual person and very sexual person. And growing up with my religious background, there's a lot of shame around that. Right. So I wasn't being fully expressed and, um, there were pieces, really important pieces that were missing for me. So fast forward to when he's about to propose. And I don't know if I even told this part of the story, this, this part's juicy and it, it does, it is I think vulner- you did. It's, Cause I remember <laughs> it's so vulnerable because like, there's still, I feel like there's still sh- like layers of shame that I peel off every time I tell this story because it's, mm. it doesn't just involve me it involves other people. So yeah, my, so I start to get a sense. We start having some conversations and I get a sense that he's going to propose soon. And at this point I'm like, okay, I said, I want this, but do I really want this? And I'm like in this whole, like, maybe I need to figure out my own happiness. Maybe I just need to go continue with my life and, and focus on myself and not go down this path. But then there's the other part of me that's like, oh, well, like we're doing great financially. We have, you know, a good life together. Like, am I just going to blow all of that up? Like, that's crazy. So I can't get a sense that he's going to be proposing. And I like start to panic and, and reach out to an old therapist that I hadn't talked to for a long time. and was like, shit, I think he's proposing. I don't know if I want this. And then he proposes that next day. And while, while we're sitting there, like I, I had this almost like freeze response, like this is happening right now. Like I couldn't even in the moment I was like shocked and was just like, oh my God, this is what I said that I wanted, but now it's here. And I'm like freaking out. So I have that moment and I say yes, because I don't know what else to say. And also like the ring is beautiful. We're in this beautiful place. Like this man's proposing to me. 
And it felt so surreal. It was like one of those things where you see proposals in movies for your whole life. And then when it's happening to you, you're like, holy shit, like this is happening. Meanwhile, yeah. I didn't know like an out of body. Oh, out of body experience, like seeing it happen from the third person perspective. Yeah. Meanwhile, he has friends and I didn't know this friends taking photos of us. Right. So like he's got this whole setup. He's got our families going out to dinner later that night together, surprising me, like all of these things. And these are all things that you would think that someone would want, but I'm having this like inner freak out. And I remember even texting my best friend who had been talking to about like what was really going on for me. And I texted her and I was like, we're engaged. And she was like, are you okay? Like, I don't know whether to be like really happy for you or like concerned. And I was like, we'll talk tomorrow. Like, I can't talk about this right now. So that was kind of like the, 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 okay, we're doing this. And then before we know it, we're planning the wedding, everyone's involved. And I'm still in this like, holy shit, am I going to go through with this? Now I'm working with a therapist, a life coach, like getting all calling in all the troops. And I'm, I'm in this inner battle of like, am I moving through with this or not? And I had many signs throughout the way that was like, you're not listening to your intuition, but like, I just kept going. Um, and, and there was a big part of me that still wanted it. Like there was such a part of me that was like, oh, this feels safe and this feels comfortable. And like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just think that the grass is always greener on the other side. Maybe I think that things are just going to be better in another relationship, but it's me. Like there's something wrong with me. I'm just not Mm. happy. So we can all relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll relate to that. Yeah. And, and judging myself for wanting what I want, like having these bigger desires, but being like, Oh, do I really deserve that? Or is that even possible for me? Like, maybe I'm just dreaming too big, or maybe I've just, you know, seen too many, many things, read too many books that like, I'm convincing myself I want something different. So like, talk about a mind fuck where like, I'm at battle with myself and also I'm like moving forward in my life, getting married, changing my last name, like, living in a house that we own, going on a honeymoon. And then, you know, we, we ended up being married for, for two years. So this was like a whole five year, five year journey. And as the body does, my body was speaking to me. I was having a lot of physical health issues at the time. Um, I was having like reoccurring candida, um, flare-ups. I was having digestive issues. I was emotionally eating and it was so frustrating because at the time I was a nutritionist. I knew all about these healthy things. I knew about food. I knew about healthy lifestyle and I just couldn't control it because I wasn't addressing my emotions. I wasn't addressing what was out of alignment. And so I was like addicted to sugar and I was eating and I was gaining weight and I was just really unhappy and unhappy in my clothes and happy in my body. And my anxiety kept getting worse. And I remember waking up at 4 a.m. just with in a panic, like something has to change. I can't keep living like this. Like this is horrible. Like I know there's something off. And anytime I would try and bring it up with my former partner, he would, you know, it would trigger him. He would be like, what? Like, you know, I thought everything's perfect. I thought everything's okay. I thought this is what we wanted. And then I would regress because I was afraid to to speak. I was afraid to like rock the boat. 
So I end up one night just like in such a state. I am in the bathtub in our guest room at our house and I just was tired. I was tired of complaining. I was tired of being in this inner battle. I was tired of trying to figure it out, tired of spending thousands of dollars going to all these different people to help me. And I had been reading spiritual books. I'd been reading books from Gabby Bernstein and Christine Hassler and, and kind of all the Jensen Chero, all the books. Right. And I had heard about the concept of surrender and prayer, but in my life, I had never connected to my own spirituality. I had never really believed that there was a higher power, even though I grew up in a religious family, like I didn't have a connection to that. I remember sitting in the bathtub and just being exhausted and being like, I'm done. Like, I'm so done fighting. I'm so done trying to figure this out. And I remember looking up and being like, God, universe, spirit, whoever is out there, something greater, like I need your help. And I trust that there is a reason why this is all happening. And I don't know why, but I know that I can't figure this out on my own. Please show me the way, please show me the steps. Like I need clear signs of what to do because I'm done. And from that moment, I started to like, I felt this relief wash over me and it wasn't immediate that I started to get these signs, but because I was waking up with anxiety every morning so early, I would like tiptoe out of my room and go into the guest room and sit and meditate. And that was how I started my daily meditation practice because I felt like I had no choice. I was like, what else do you do at 4 a.m. in the morning when you wake up with terrible anxiety? Like there was nothing else I could do. And so in those meditations, I started to, to hear some messages. I started to hear my inner voice getting louder And I started to hear like, you can't keep trying to make everyone else happy at the expense of your own happiness. Like you have to listen to this voice and, you know, yes, this is going to be hard for other people. This is going to be hard for you, but ignoring it and not listening to it also isn't working for you. Right. And it was like, either you're going to keep trying to make everyone else happy for the rest of your life and you're going to keep suffering or you get to listen and honor this. And so it took a long time to get to that place, but really got to the place where I was like, okay, like no matter what happens, like I'm, I got me, I, I trust myself. I know this is my truth. And at the same time, I had been doing a lot of mindset work, a lot of manifestation work on like, what do I want my life to look like? What, what does this next chapter look like? and scripting and writing about it as if it was already happening and starting to envision it and feel it. Because if I didn't have that vision, if I just thought my life was going to go to shit and everyone was going to hate me and like everything was going to fall apart, then I would never have made the choice. So I was doing a lot of behind the scenes mindset work, work around self-love and trusting myself and got to the place where it was just like, all right, like this is, this is the path and I need to make the decision. And so I made the decision and finally got to the place where I decided to leave my marriage. And it was such an interesting experience of both relief and grief. Like there was so much grief that had to be processed, but at the same time, it was the first time where I made a choice that was really true to me. 
And the universe responded. Like, if I tell you like the magical things that started happening and the synchronicities and the people who still, the women, the friends who started coming to my life. And, you know, I thought my parents were going to be so pissed at me. And like, of course they were upset, but they were so supportive and just so many things started lining up and yeah, it was such a deep, deep surrender experience that, that led me to where I am today. Mm, I think what is going to resonate with so many women, because I know I myself have struggled with this is the period of time between knowing that there's something that needs to be done and actually being able to bring yourself to do that thing, whether it's leaving a job or leaving a marriage or a relationship of some kind, you know, doing the hard thing that you feel intuitively is what is right for you, but it feels so impossible to get yourself to have that conversation or to actually do it. So I'd love to know how, what do you, what was that time period like? And how long was it, you know, you're, you know, sneaking out of your room in the mornings, going to meditate, trying to connect with yourself and your intuition and what was the gap of time between you knowing I have to ask for a divorce and actually having the courage to have that conversation? And what was the actual initial conversation like? And mm-hmm. did it play out how you expected it to in your head? Because we have so many stories that we tell ourselves and we have to actually do the hard thing of what's going to happen or how it's going to be. So what was the comparison of how you thought that situation might play out and how it actually did? Hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. My, <laughs> I kind of tried to play some mind games with myself because I was like, okay, like I know I need to do this. And then I was like, okay, but we have Thanksgiving with our family. We're going on this trip. We have all these things planned. Like maybe I'll just wait until like March of next year. And meanwhile, it's like September. Okay. So I'm like <laughs> trying to convince myself that like, I'm going to stick it out. We're going to make it through this like holiday period, all these things. And like, we're going to be okay. But as soon as that truth was clear, because until then I was doubting my truth. I wasn't honoring it. I wasn't like, yes, this is true. I was questioning it. I was confused. And when I got that clarity, literally within the next 48 hours, it was like, Oh wait, no, I got to do this by the end of the year. Oh wait, no, I got to do this like soon. Then it just kept getting faster because once I knew I like, couldn't look at him. It felt like I was lying at that point because prior to that, I didn't have the clarity, but once I knew it was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be inauthentic. I can't you know, pretend that everything's okay when it's not. And so the, the conversation got sped up really quickly and it probably happened within a few days. And it wasn't even, you know, I I got back in bed one day after my, my meditation and, and he was like, what's going on? Like, I was like, well, I'm having horrible anxiety and I'm still feeling the same way. The the things that I shared before we got engaged, things that I wasn't sure about are still here for me. And I had talked to my therapist about like what this conversation might be like, and I practiced it. And, and my biggest thing was that I did really deeply care about this person. And I knew how traumatic this would be for him. Like I knew that it was going to be traumatic. And my biggest thing is I didn't want him to feel 
that unworthiness, or I didn't want him to feel even more hurt by me than he was going to feel. So it was really intentional about like, how do I have this conversation? There is no right way to have this conversation, but what is the most conscious, loving, intentional way to have this conversation? And essentially the conversation was, I really believe that we're not a match for long-term partnership. And I believe that there's someone out there who's a better match for you. And I believe there's someone out there who's a better match for me. And that's my truth. And taking away any blame, any details, like just being really, you know, that was the truth. That's how, that's what I believed. And it wasn't because I didn't love or care, love him or care about him. And so, yeah, the response was really intense. It was definitely like a traumatic shock response, like very, you know, very intense. And I remember throughout that time, just as as things were unfolding, it it did feel like I was like watching myself from the outside, but I remember continuing to remind myself, like, Amy, I got you. Like, I love you. I got you. I love you. I got you. And just coming back to that deeper knowing of self-love and like remembering, knowing that this period would be challenging, but that everything was going to be okay. And just anytime things came up, just coming back to that, that mantra, like I got you. And like remembering that I wasn't alone and that I was being guided and supported. So Mm. yeah, that, that was the, the conversation and the unfolding and it it took about seven or eight months until we actually filed for divorce and all the different factors because it's complex. But, you know, I think back then it took me so much longer to listen to that, that inner knowing. And now years and years later, six or seven years later, when something's off for me in a friendship, in a relationship, in my business, in whatever, it's like, that voice is so loud that, that the, the time period from when I feel it to when I actually listen is, is so much shorter because I know the consequences of not listening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of times it's going to be hard either way. And it's about choosing the hard that you prefer. Is it, is it the challenge of staying in alignment and honoring your truth and, and your intuition, or is it the challenge of continuing to be in a situation that doesn't feel good for you, or that feels like a lie to you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's going to be hard either way. And I think that's something that not everybody is prepared for when they move through a spiritual awakening of some kind, or they, you know, crack open a book that then sends them on a whole personal development journey is, you know, you're not expecting at that time to change your life in more ways than just the positive you know, and, and of course, all of the things that have to fall away so that the right things can fall into place end up being a positive anyway. So it's, we're not saying that negative things are going to happen, but a lot of the things that have to fall away can be painful and, and really challenging and hard to move through. But I love that you mentioned, you know, the, the miracles and the alignment that started to show up for you once you made that decision and you actually stepped forward and had that conversation and owned your desire to leave the marriage. Um, because it's so true. Like we create space for what we're able to receive in our life by letting things go that are not serving us. I so believe that. Like Mm -hmm. if you have something attached to you right now in your life, whether it's a job a relationship, a friendship, something that, you know, is just, it's just not, it's not fully what you deserve or desire. It's taking up really valuable real estate for such 
deeper, more aligned, beautiful connections to be able to fall into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so true. I think about this a lot of like the, the, the letting go and the releasing and the surrendering is I think the hardest part of manifesting. It's like, what is out of alignment? What do I get to let go to create space for the new, the new to come in? And I think this comes back to frequency because if you're living in a space of like guilt or shame or feeling like these negative thoughts or this anxiety, like that's energy. And that energy is, is resistance when we're able to let go of that. And if it is our truth to let go of that, then our frequency rises, our vibration rises, which is how we start to manifest and attract. And that's exactly what happened for me. I mean, like I, my body completely transformed because my frequency shifted so much, like my health, like I lost all the excess weight that I had been trying so hard to lose my, my health symptoms drastically improved. And I just felt literally just so much lighter in my body and so much lighter in my being. And I think that's, that's what really started to attract, you know, the miracles that were coming. And, and I think as with any spiritual journey, you know, we have those, those challenging times. And then we've also got these really expansive and and beautiful things that happen at the same time. It's, it's the contrast that we experience. Yeah. And I think so many women don't expect um, or don't suspect that a lot of their physical issues are stemming from emotional issues or things that are not being dealt with or things that are being held on to that really need to be let go. So I love that your story also highlights that of, you know, the brain body connection. And the more that we know that something is wrong and we can't find a way to let go of it, the more the body is going to try and, you know, shout from the, the, the mountaintops, like, Hey, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Like so many physical health symptoms are a result of emotional problems or things that are being held onto that need to be released. Mm-hmm. I love that you highlighted that because that's something that I've been diving even deeper into more recently, especially as I've been on my own embodiment journey, which has been for the last year and a half of really somatic healing through movement and through connecting with my emotions in my body and looking at, you know, the physical symptoms that I have and, and recognizing that there are these deeper emotional roots that, that, you know, some of them are really subconscious. We don't even know that they're there. Right. And, and allowing being willing and it's courageous to, to be willing to look at that and to sit with that and to be with that. You know, in my work, I talk about how most women are living their lives from the neck up. We live from our minds and we're so disconnected from the body, but our body is so intelligent and our body is always speaking to us, whether that's through our emotions or through our physical symptoms, like it's not normal to be tired all the time. It's not normal to have physical pain all the time. It's not normal to be anxious all the time. It's not normal to have depression all the time. Like those are symptoms. Those are signals from your body that, Hey, please pay attention. Like I need you to pay attention. I'm trying to get your attention. Something's off here. And when we can look at those, those symptoms and those experiences, whether they're deeper emotions or whether they're physical ailments with curiosity, versus judgment, right. Or versus trying to avoid it or push it away. Then we can 
start to go deeper into our healing. But as long as we mm. avoid and ignore and try and numb out and push away all of these, you know, these sensations, these, this discomfort, it's going to persist and it's going to get louder. Yeah. And there's been so many times in my own health journey where I've wanted, you know, out of a place of, of ego, I've wanted to deny that it could be related to, to something emotional or something that's out of alignment, especially if you're a person that is, you know, committed to like doing this work, you kind of want to believe that like, oh, it's no, it's just a physical symptom. It's just this external thing. And over and over again, we have to come back to that truth that the brain and the body are connected, you know, and it's, it's never just as simple as take this medication or, you know, change this out in your diet or drink more water which I mean, drinking more water will solve a lot of our problems, but it's not going to solve everything. And so I think honoring that can be challenging as well, especially if you feel like you've done that already in some way, you're like, I feel like I, I, I did that already. And, but now it's something new or it's something different. And so it's a journey of always coming back to that truth and remembering that it is very real. The, the signals that our body tries to send to us with those symptoms and, you know, physical ailments that might be showing up. Cause it's easy to just be like, Oh no, it's not about the relationship that I'm in. It's not about the job that I'm in. It, you know, the, how is that? That's not scientifically. How is that related? I mean, it is scientific, <laughs> but yeah, and you know, sometimes trusting like, yeah, sometimes it can be like these deeper traumas that we don't even know are there, you know, like they can be, these can be stored emotions from when we're much younger. So it definitely can be something present that we're not addressing, but it can also be past experiences that, that we're not addressing. And I I'll, you know, I'll just share that the last six months I've been on a gut healing journey. Again, I've come back to my physical health and like compared to where I was 10 years ago, I mean, I'm like 90% healthier and feeling better and like not struggling on a daily basis, but there are still some symptoms that pop up for me. And so I did this whole intense, like six month protocol, did all the lab tests, did the functional medicine thing. You and I both know popped all the supplements, like I removed know. all the food, well, we all the things. Right. And then we I'm were, like, we were doing that. Like at the same time, we're like, yeah. Oh, you're taking that. So su- well, you should take this. Are you taking this? We were like doing all the same gut health shit. Yeah. You know, I had all my tests done, blood, urine, gut, everything. So yeah. 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 And I think that stuff is important and it helps. I mean, I come from a nutrition background and I know how important it is. So I'm not saying like, just do the emotional work and eat shit and you're fine. Like, no, that's not (laughs) how it works. It's like all of it. But, um, yeah, what I'm, what I'm being called deeper into and what my body's asking me to do is to go into some more of those deep subconscious memories and deep subconscious emotions that like consciously I have so much awareness around my thoughts, my emotions, all of that, like that that's there, but like through the journey of, going all in on this gut healing protocol and still having some symptoms that haven't gone away. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, that that's my cue that I get to go deeper. So it's an ongoing journey, but yeah, our body is always speaking to us. And it's like you said, you know, our ego doesn't want that to be true. Sometimes it wants to just be able to say, Oh, it's the food or it's this thing, but there is some deeper healing that we're being asked to look at. Yeah, for sure. 
So I want to talk about feminine frequency. Obviously that's the name of your podcast. Um, and the feminine energy is a huge part of the work that you do, whether it's, you know, embodiment work or all of the elements of your business are kind of centered around this, this central theme of feminine energy and leaning into that and owning that. And when we were in Tulum together, you got the tattoo of the rose that symbolizes the feminine energy, which was very cool for many reasons. Um, but I'd love to hear, you know, you draw the connection between these experiences that you've had in your life that required you to lean into that feminine energy of deep trust and surrender and how that has kind of shaped the work that you do and everything that kind of followed. Mm, yeah. I'm happy to tie it all together. It's, it's such a, an, an ongoing theme in my life. And the reason why I teach this work is because I've had to live it and embody it and have been, been called to it. So yeah, the rose is the sign of the divine feminine. And as I was sharing before I, before I had my spiritual awakening, I was living very much from the neck up. I was very much in my head. I was very in the masculine of my business, setting the goals, um, you know, really, really disconnected from my body, from my intuition, from my heart and, and feminine energy, I call it life force energy. It's Shakti energy. It's your, your connection to spirit, your connection to life, your connection to source. And we live in a world where, where we don't prioritize that, where, you know, it's far more important to achieve material success, to, to get the good grades, to get, get, get to the next milestone financially, to have all the things more so than listening to your emotions and connecting with your body and listening to your intuition. And, and really I would say like the feminine is this, like the, the pleasure in life. It is the enjoyment of the process. And so for me, I would say like my mental health journey is really what has, has guided me in this direction. Because when I am disconnected from my feminine energy, when I'm not taking time to connect with my heart, when I'm not taking time to nourish my body, when I'm ignoring my intuition, that's when my anxiety and depression are through the roof. That's when those symptoms come up. That's when my body doesn't feel good. When I'm not honoring my body's need for rest, I am run down. I get sick more often. Like I haven't been sick for probably like four years outside of maybe like one or two times because I listen to my body. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that when we ignore the feminine, it leads to burnout, it leads to depression, it leads to anxiety, it leads to feeling disconnected from yourself. Like there's so many pieces to it. Um, feeling disconnected from your sensuality, from your, your, you know, connection. Yeah. To, to your, your aliveness, I would say. So, yeah, I feel like the, the goal with, and I wouldn't even say the goal, like the intention of, of infusing more feminine energy into your life is, is not about being in your feminine all the time, but it's about coming into more alignment with your masculine and feminine energy with that kind of like 
doing productive, logical thinking, and then infusing more of that intuition, that soul, that connection. And when we have both of those, that creates sustainability and it creates a lot more connection, deeper connection in our relationships. It creates a lot more fulfillment in our career and it creates you know, thriving more, an opportunity or an environment for our health to thrive. So I see it as kind of like a through line with, with all of that. Um, and yeah, it's been such a, it's a, it's a dance. It's a, it's a journey. I'm still unfolding and uncovering so many pieces of my own feminine energy and my own feminine expression. And I I do want to share that sometimes when people hear the word feminine, they, they, only associate it with soft or with, um, that, that space of kind of being passive in a way. Pa- yeah. Being passive or like surrendered to the point where, you know, you don't really have direction or other people are in control. Like that's not what the feminine is. That's one, like the feminine is soft. She is vulnerable. She is sweet but she's also really powerful and she's really, I like to use nature as an example. Like nature is such a good example. The different seasons that we have the, the, you know, sometimes we have stormy weather and it's really powerful. And sometimes we have these like cool breezes that are really soft and like the feminine is all of it. It's not just this like meek, quiet, um, you know, easygoing, always in flow version. Right. So I think that's important to mention too. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they hear this conversation that comes up a lot in this work of masculine and feminine energy, they try and think of ways to be in their feminine energy. And they're like, Oh, I need to be in flow more, which means I need to do nothing more, or, you know, I need to like have nothing on the calendar, or I need to sit in meditation or I need to do yoga. Like we try to qualify or classify different activities as being feminine so that we can understand from a masculine perspective, how do we do the feminine, right? The the feminine is the being, the masculine is the doing. And if we are really deep in our masculine, we try to figure out how to do (laughs) the feminine. (laughs) And we're like, okay, so what counts? Like, should I make a list? Like, what should I do for, give me a, give me a recipe, like fix it for me, Amy. Like what, what do I, what do I need to change about my morning routine? Like, so we, we try to, to, we try to make our way to the feminine energy like through the lens of masculine energy. And I think that's been like, a to- like for sure, that's been a struggle of mine. Like when I first was like, whoa, I'm like totally, you know, heading towards burnout. I'm so like in my masculine, especially in my business, which obviously serves me, but I also need to have a way to disconnect and to have more enjoyment in my life. So for someone who's in that space, that's like, okay, yeah, I get it. But like, how do I do feminine energy? Like, what would you say to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that it does start with understanding conceptually these different, uh, ways of being these different, um, I mean, ways to access. 
Yeah. Like it's important. Like we can start in the mind to be like, okay, this is masculine energy and this is feminine energy. Um, I like to describe like the feminine lives in the body and the masculine lives in the mind. And so if you're trying to think about how to do this and you're trying to, to plan it out, like it's not going to work very well, but you can use your masculine energy to create space for the feminine. So what that means is you can look at your schedule and you can say, okay, on Saturday, I'm not going to book my whole day. I'm going to wake up and see what I feel like doing. And I'm going to allow myself to do what feels good. And so you've blocked out that time and that space to create flow, right? Or I'm going to have a creative block in my calendar on Mondays. And I don't need to know exactly what I'm doing that time. I don't need to know exactly what I'm creating, but that time is designated for my creativity. So that those are ways that we can use the concepts and that we can understand how to use our masculine energy to infuse more feminine energy into our lives. Um, you know, I have a whole six module course on, on these feminine principles, understanding the principles of the feminine, which is, you know, really around getting out of discipline and dropping into devotion instead, like having a devotional daily practice to connect with your higher self, to connect with your soul. Um, things like tapping into your intuition and allowing your intuition to guide you throughout the day, um, activating your pleasure and your sensuality through movement, through self-pleasure, like getting into your body, connecting to your senses. Uh, another one that I really love is honoring your cyclical nature, you know, connecting to your monthly cycle, connecting to the moon cycles, uh, really, really recognizing that we are not linear beings. We're not robots. We're not supposed to be doing all the time on all the time, launching all the time, producing all the time. And that rest is actually productive. And so these are some of the principles there's more, but the, when instead of thinking about, okay, what activity do I need to do in order to be in my feminine? It's okay. How can I embrace these new ways of being? How can I notice in the moment when I am in masculine overdrive and I am pushing too hard. And instead of waiting until I get to burnout, how can I take a breath and step away from my computer and go for a walk out in nature? right? Like it's, it's, it's these in the moment recognizing, oh, I feel really tight and tense and overwhelmed. And how can I soften, you know, connecting mm. to the breath. So mm. it's a journey. It's not a formula. It's, it's a connecting with your feminine energy and coming into what we call like embodied union with your masculine and feminine energy is a process and it's a practice. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Like sometimes it's not going to be perfect, right? Like you are going to mess it up sometimes, but like, I believe that it is such a beautiful way to deepen your spiritual journey and, and deepen your connection to yourself and to source. And yeah, I, I feel like it is such a rewarding journey to go on. Yeah. And you are like, so inspiring to me in that aspect, because I am I am on that journey of, of remembering and always coming back. And I think my, my default pattern when things feel unstable or unsafe or uncertain is to revert to highly masculine energy, to feel like I'm in control 
to feel like I can fix things, you know, or or treat this like sense of safety, right. Whether it's around money or, you know, the home buying process has been a huge one or being the, you know, the, the sole income provider for my family right now, like a lot of things as we go throughout our life may come up that send us back to our initial pattern of how we create safety in our bodies and how we make ourselves feel um, secure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's always inspiring to, to see your journey and everything that you teach and what you share online as just like this beautiful reminder of like, take a breath, like soften, go outside, sit with the trees, like get in nature, go on a hike, you know, like being able to, to see you as that, um, yeah, as that just like beautiful reminder that that's available. And that's also a version of creating safety in the body, which it is. It just, the, the ego mind will tell me first that it's better to work harder or longer or, you know, create more or put more out there. Whereas mm-hmm. it's also equally the answer is to step away and to surrender and to pursue pleasure and let that be the thing that activates your energy and reminds you, Oh, I'm alive. I'm here. My feet are grounded in the earth. Everything is okay. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I appreciate you so much for that. And I'm so grateful for our friendship and for you sharing your story today with everybody. So let everybody know where they can find you and how they can work with you. Um, we'll link everything in the show notes for you guys, but I want them to be able to go find you on Instagram and everywhere else. Amazing. So you can find me on Instagram at Amy Natalie Co. You can find my podcast, the Feminine Frequency Podcast, and make sure to scroll back and find Sam's episode on there. I loved her episode. We talked about manifesting and I know it was a while back, but it was a really good one. So it's still relevant. Um, and yeah, visit my website. You can find, I have the, my courses online that you can dive in and do some self-study. I also have some incredible, um, group coaching programs for women who are aspiring entrepreneurs who want to do things in the feminine way. Um, and my one-on-one mentorship. So come on over, say hi, send me a message and would love, love, love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here, Amy, for sharing your time and your story. If you guys liked this episode, don't forget to take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories and tag Amy and I so that we can see you and repost you and know that you love these type of episodes so I can create more. Um, If you haven't already, go over to Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening and leave us a five-star review and write something nice. If you're feeling super generous, always appreciate that. Love reading your guys' reviews and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.